I am Holler co-founder Justin Canoe, and I'm going to be talking to Senator Brenda Gilmore today for TNHoller.com at the TN Holler on Twitter and Facebook, and we really appreciate all the support y'all have given us. Senator Gilmore, how are you today? I am super duper. I've gotten up early, listened to the briefing of our mayor, listened to the briefing of the governor, and went on my walk today. And now I have the honor of having a conversation with you about COVID-19. And this, has that become your routine? I try to. I try to every day. Sometimes I fall off the wagon when it comes to my, my walk. I got to ask, since it just happened, how do you feel about Governor Lee's decision to stop the mandate next week and reopen the economy in general on May 1st? I understand um, the governor's feelings that we need to open up government. I mean, small businesses and businesses, they're the backbone of this, um, of this country. A lot of people are unemployed. I still remain a little concerned, though, that we might be jumping the gun. When uh, I listened to Dr. Fusi on the national television, he cautions us not to reopen too soon and not to take our foot, our feet off the brakes. So I'm just praying that the governor is making a, the right decision at the right time. It's really a balancing act. I hope the protest this weekend did not make the governor feel hurried to make a, a good decision. It probably didn't, frankly. I think he was intent on doing this no matter what. He seems to have been itching to, first of all, not shut it down, and then second of all, to reopen it. How did you feel about him dragging his feet for a couple of weeks when he was being asked by thousands of doctors to shut it down? Did you have a feeling one way or another about how he handled that part of this whole equation? Well, I was one of the people who uh, actually uh, contacted the governor, wrote him a letter, an email, asking them to issue a directive where it was safe for a home or stay at home or shelter at home. And uh, I was concerned because I saw that across the country it was spreading rapidly. I couldn't get a good feel for in Tennessee uh, because at first uh, our statistics and uh, data figures were coming in pretty slow. But I, I was pleased when he finally issued the stay at home directive because all the health experts said that's really the major thing that we can do to slow this pandemic down is sheltering at home. And I know it's difficult when the sun is shining outside, it makes us all go stir crazy. And I know that uh, unemployment is extremely high now, so people are anxious to get back to work. So, and that's why I said it's a balancing act. We don't want people to, to go back too soon and to die unnecessarily. And at the same time, I know people got to pay rent. They got to keep the lights on. They got to uh, keep the water going and got to keep food on the table. So they need to get back to work. That's right. a tough it, decision. No you know, question. It's, it's definitely a tough decision. And, you know, I think nobody would have handled this perfectly. There was some feet dragging that I would take issue with. I'm concerned now that they've sort of shown us that they're much more concerned with the economics of this whole thing than the body count. And that's more on a national level, but you know, 
all along these two things, lives and livelihoods have been on the same side. And, you know, I just hope we don't have a relapse. We will see what happens. I'm not rooting for this not to work. I'm certainly hoping that this will, will work out in the end. But I think this is one of those situations where you really want to be a week too late, a week too early. You want to be a week too late in opening up the economy rather than a week too early. And let's just hope that things don't go badly. Uh, so now I want to ask you about an issue that has come to the attention of the whole nation, frankly, which is the racial disparities. What can you tell us, first of all, about the racial disparities in terms of healthcare in general in Tennessee, and then maybe we can talk about it specific to this virus. Well, I think that uh, anytime we see high rates of poverty, high rates of employment, which impacts people of color, African-Americans and Latinos, and not having access to preventive care, uh, healthcare, that any, I think any kind of disease is going to have uh, an inordinate amount of impact or negative impact on people of color. And I think this pandemic that we're going through now has just really kind of shone the light on some of the inequalities in this country. And I suspect even in Tennessee, although we really haven't been able to get any good data in Tennessee, of its impact on African-Americans and Latinos. But um, again, I think the pandemic should really make all of us as Americans ashamed that we have neglected our communities uh, so long in terms of poor housing, uh, not having access to healthcare, being on the front line, uh, of jobs, low paying jobs, and our youth and our seniors and our people of colors are now we're seeing just taking the brunt end of this uh, virus. Well, that's always how it works, right? I mean, Tennessee, a lot of the numbers that don't get talked about enough are, you know, we're number one in medical bankruptcies, number one in rural hospital closures, at the bottom in infant mortality rate, at the bottom in maternal mortality rate, at the bottom in highest percentage of minimum wage jobs. So, you know, even though the story that gets told a lot by the powers that be is that we're doing great, the truth is not everywhere is doing great. Memphis especially has high rates of poverty. And at the end of the day, this virus is essentially a poverty issue because people who are less healthy, who are less inclined to go to the doctor, those are the people that are getting hit the hardest. So it's not that they're contracting the disease at a higher rate, it seems. It's that they're getting hit with it harder and they may be less inclined to play it safe. So what are some things that we could be doing that we're not doing? I mean, the one that always gets brought up and I see uh, our friend Mary Vest Powers talking about it on Facebook right now is expanding Medicaid. This is a program that we could be getting a billion dollars a year to take care of our most vulnerable people. I, in my very few years here in Tennessee, going on four now, have never heard a good reason not to do this. Have you? No, that's one thing I have not been able to understand because I know that there's uh, reluctancy uh, across the aisle in the General Assembly to expand Medicaid. But to me, we take federal funding in all areas, 
transportation, um, um, mental health areas. And so I just don't know why the reluctance to expand Medicaid. And the since this virus is having such a negative impact on people of color, it would lend people to blame actually uh, African-Americans and Latinos for catching the disease because we're more likely to have heart disease, we're more likely to have diabetes, uh, to be obese, uh, to have high blood pressure. And so people may be uh, quick to say, well, that's of your own making. But those states that have expanded Medicaid and people have had good health care and access to health care, I don't think their numbers are going to be as high as most of the southern states that have not expanded um, Medicaid. Right. Because people who don't have insurance use emergency rooms for their primary care physician. And most of the time, emergency rooms um, it's most expensive for that insurance push you back out the door. Right. And it's, it, it's the most expensive way to handle it when you only get taken care of at the very end of your disease, things are a lot more expensive. And then frankly, I've never really understood why Governor Lee says, well, we're focused on the virus right now. But there's no moral justification for only taking care of somebody when they have a specific disease. We should be extending that courtesy to everybody who is sick. You should be able to see a doctor when you get sick. I see people on Facebook right now like Nathan Austin and Lindsay Davis that are talking about we need universal health care and Medicare for all. The thing that you mentioned that we take federal funding on other things, we take a lot of federal funding already. We take, we get 37% of our state budget from the federal government already. So it's not like there's some ideological thing at play here where they won't take money from the federal government. This is our money that we send to the federal government that's supposed to come back to our state to take care of our people. And we say, no, we don't want it. And frankly, I can't help but feel like it's because they still don't like Obama. Even Keel Hunt, who is writes for the Tennessean, who doesn't you know, he's not a partisan guy. He's a down the middle kind of guy. He keeps talking about how this goes back to their Obama era politics and how they can't stand Obama. Do you have a sense of, you know, is it still their animosity towards Obama that's keeping them from expanding Medicaid and saving people's lives? Well, I was hoping with the last election and Obama was no longer president that we would make the decision. Tennessee would make the decision decision to expand uh, Medicaid, but it seems like that, that there's still not a will there to expand uh, Medicaid and to help those people. And I agree, I think it's a moral issue when uh, poor people and um, African-Americans and Latinos, uh, and, and it impacts rural people as well. We've had 13 hospitals that have closed and um, it's simply because people can't go to the hospital and pay their own fees. We need insurance. Hospital, as you said, um, hospital care is very expensive. And it's the number one reason of why there are so many foreclosures in Tennessee. And I know that Tennessee doesn't like to be compared to our neighbor, Kentucky. But when you look at Kentucky and the fact that they have expanded Medicaid and their numbers are much lower in terms of people being 
uh, infected with this virus than uh, Tennessee. And I know people say it's because we're testing more, but when you look at the people that are being infected and the fatalities, that concerns me greatly. Absolutely. Just looking at some of the comments here, I see that Mary says they won't allow a democratic idea, our super GOP legislature. You've been up there now for a little bit. How do you feel about that? Do you feel like Democrats could get their ideas heard or is it so partisan that Democrats might as well not even try up there? No, since I, I, I really, I don't think that that's true, that Democrats can't get their ideas heard. I do think though in the, in the conservative general assembly that we have, that some people are, have dug their heels in the sand and although they may recognize it makes sense to expand Medicaid, that they just refuse to do it. But again, I go back to um, it being a moral issue. As a Christian, I want to do everything I can to make sure that everybody's life is whole and that they have a quality, good quality of living. And it's hard to have a good quality of living when you don't have access to good health care. Uh, when you're poor and you can't afford insurance, it really puts you at a disadvantage. Wait a minute, you said something there that threw me for a loop. You said you're a Christian. I, I, was, I was told Democrats can't be Christians. Oh, well, I don't think that's true. I'm a Democrat and I'm a Christian. I know, I know. I, and I actually am glad you brought that up because you know I think Democrats a lot of times are reticent to talk about, to speak the language of faith. I thought that's something that actually Pete Buttigieg and, and frankly Obama did well and that we need to be more pointed about because to me, what could be more Christian, what could be more pro-life than something like Medicaid expansion where we're accepting dollars to take care of our neediest and our most poor? You know, in a lot of ways, I think the platform that Democrats run on, that progressives run on, is the Christian platform. Take care of the stranger, take care of the poor. We're all in this thing together. You know, do you think Democrats should be a little bit more intentional about speaking the language of faith? Is that something that you think could be done? It doesn't embarrass me at all to say that I'm a Christian and I believe in God and I believe that we have a mandate to take care of those who cannot take care of themselves. And if we take funding to repair our bridges and to fix our potholes, then we should take federal funding to make sure that we take care of all Tennesseans. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Uh, so before I let you go, I appreciate you being here. I wanna ask you, did you have any thoughts about the protests that we saw across the country? Do you feel like those are uh, people just expressing themselves and understandably so, or did it feel a little forced? and uh, maybe reckless? Well, I appreciate it, uh, their right to protest. I think they have every right to protest. Uh, I was just dismayed to see that they were not observing social distances. And I believe that I heard, I believe that I heard in Kentucky that over this weekend, it spiked as a result, the infection rate, rate spiked as a result of the protests. So I think it's kind of reckless and selfish 
for uh, people who protest to not maintain social distances. It's perfectly okay for them to protest. I see nothing wrong with that. That's their right to do that. But at minimum, they should uh, maintain social distances because they bring that back to their families and their communities. Um, and, and, and the rate we'll see will go up. And, and, and even in, uh, but I don't know what happened in Tennessee. I don't know what happened this weekend. Um, the message I got from the governor today was that more people recovered than have been infected. But even for us to lose one life, I think is too many as a result of this pandemic when it can be prevented. And there's so many things that we can do. It, it has to do with really social injustice for decades in terms of housing, low paying jobs, and not having um, good good uh, healthcare service, uh, access to good healthcare services. Uh, I just wanna let people know that we can see your comments. I see Kenya Magruder saying, this is a good conversation. Thank you for talking about how the virus is impacting all of Tennessee. I see Kim Spoon, our friend, saying it spiked after the protest. And I see a few other comments here. We can see your comments. I appreciate you saying it. Senator Gilmore, I saw you recently. One other thing I wanted to ask you about is the bust of Nathan Bedford Forrest that sits in our Capitol today. Uh, that I think was the last time I saw you was at a hearing at the Capitol Commission. I know that's something that was on your mind at the time and I think has probably sort of faded to the background of the virus, but I know it's still a very serious issue. It's something that I think is a black eye on Tennessee and a damn shame and needs to go. Uh, as a black woman in the legislature, how does it make you feel to have to walk by that bust every single day? I don't think our colleagues across the aisle recognize how painful and hurtful it is to walk past uh, that bus every single day, knowing that um, we cannot go back and change history in terms of uh, him being a Confederate. But the fact that so many innocent people were slaughtered, even when black soldiers surrendered, they were slaughtered, um, is nothing that we should celebrate. Um, I think that that bus needs to be in a museum, um, but not in the state capitol where young people, especially our students, come and see that we're glorifying um, a person that intentionally killed people unnecessarily. In war, we know that everybody is, that there's gonna be a lot of fatalities, but when people surrender, there's no reason at all that they should have been killed. And the numbers, the numbers were just astronomical. Well, it's- Soldiers who were killed. It's a, it's a damn shame and an embarrassment. And it's gonna be, a thorn in their side for a long time because that's not something people are going to stop speaking up about, nor should they. And I appreciate you being willing to talk about it. You know, we won't stop talking about it either. And I hope that everybody, once all this passes, goes back to yelling the truth about things like that, about the David Byrd who sits in the legislature today, and about all the really important issues that we still continue to face here in Tennessee. I know the virus has taken a lot of attention and will continue to probably for a very long time, but we need to make sure that we're also focusing on the issues that will continue to impact us long after we find a cure for this thing. Uh, I appreciate everybody tuning in. 
we're going to uh, let you go here. I want people to know that you can find our podcast on iTunes. We're going to put the audio of these things up there. We're at the TN Holler on Twitter and Facebook. I want to let you end Senator Gilmore with whatever message you want to give to people who are, if they're feeling scared, if they're feeling a little bit uh, distraught about what they might be going through, if they've lost their jobs, if they've lost a loved one, can you give a little bit of a, of a uplifting message for us to go out on here? Well, I just want to encourage uh, everyone out there, everybody out there to maintain social distances. Remember to wash your hands as often as um, you think about it. Do it for at least 20 seconds. And when you go out in the public to cover your face with a mask uh, and don't blame yourself uh, if in fact you do get infected with this virus because there's so many long-standing societal issues that have impacted us and make us more vulnerable to catch this disease. So, but I, I do believe, as the old people say, uh, I, I was raised by my grandmother, and the saying is, "This too will pass." I believe it will pass, and one day we'll be able to to go back out and walk in parks and. Uh, eat dinner with our friends and our significant ones and don't have to worry about this pandemic. And I, and I also want to say um, that uh, I'm very pleased that the federal government stepped in and is asking that nursing home statistics be included uh, in our state statistics because often some people in our nursing homes may not have loved ones or may not have friends to check on them every day. So we have to be a voice for them, a voice for them as well as the people who are in prison. So I'm glad that we're finally beginning to see those statistics. Uh, I still don't feel comfortable with the rates, with the, the data that we're receiving, the rates is impacting African-Americans and Latinas in Tennessee. But I am pleased that now the nursing homes and prison numbers will be included. Right, it seemed like, they put out somewhat favorable numbers about the racial impact, but they were very incomplete. It was something like 65 or 70% that they didn't know the race of. So even though our racial numbers were not as high as some other states, we actually don't really know because so many, they just haven't counted. So, you know, mm -hmm. question everything. Don't take anything for granted. Don't trust anything that anybody tells you, generally speaking, just make sure we're really asking the questions and I appreciate you being willing to do that. I also want to tell people tomorrow morning at 10:30 AM, we're going to be doing one of these with Vonda McDaniel of the central labor council and Billy Dykus, president of the TN AFL CIO to talk about the fact that on Bill Lee's economic recovery group, there are no workers and there are no workers representatives. Uh, I don't know how that sits with you, but that doesn't sit well with me. I'm in a union. I'm a big believer in unions. I think workers need to have a seat at the table, and he should have had somebody that represents workers, not just management. I think all aspects of our popul population need to have a seat at the table. That's really the only way you can get um, a true reading of how things are. But if you surround yourself with everybody who has the same mindset, I think we do our myself an injustice. But I, I appreciate you giving me this opportunity. 
and uh, good luck. So you learned something, and I learned something today too on uh, this live streaming. With I hope so. What I learned was that we're able to stream to Facebook and Twitter at the same time. So thank you for being <laughs> our guinea pig with us, right. and I appreciate everybody watching. Follow the holler is what we like to say, Senator Gilmore, and uh, keep following the holler. Follow Senator Gilmore at Senator Gilmore on Twitter. And uh, maybe we'll talk to you again down the line. All right. Stay healthy and be safe. Tennessee. Tennessee. Tennessee.